Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 007. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. On this week's episode, who would have ever thought God would inspire one of the gospel writers to talk about a donkey? But God did, and it has a real connection to your life. Let's find out how. When I was growing up, I really had one goal. Even from the time that I was about Andrew's age, probably all the way up through graduating high school, that I wanted to be a standout. I wanted to be the best at whatever it was that I was doing. And there were a couple of things that I tried to do. And I wasn't into you know breaking the rules or stepping on toes to try and make that happen. But I wanted to be memorable. The way I thought of it is I wanted to be the one who walked down the halls of my high school, and somebody else knew of me before I knew of them. Now, 20-some-odd years later, there was probably a little bit of immaturity to that and to that desire. I'm guessing as you go through your week, there's at least some version of that, that you want to make a difference. You want to be a person that, that is memorable to somebody, even for a little thing. If nothing else, it may come out as simple as, I just don't want to be forgotten. And that's a a healthy human desire because that helps to push us to do good things and to to try and strive to leave legacy, at least with somebody. But even the best desires can hit these sort of mental roadblocks when we're trying to do something that, that is good or that leaves an impression with people where we may think, you know what, I don't have a big position, so I can't really make a big difference. I don't have standout skills. I... Not smart enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not filling the blank enough. It begs the honest question. Even if there's all this not enough that we can run through our heads in this mental dialogue, can we still have a purpose for somebody? Can we still make a difference? Can we leave legacy for God? You know what? God can use some pretty unorthodox means to answer that very question for us today. And I pray that's exactly what he's going to do. Let's pray together. God, change us. Help us to, to hear your word and through the power of your spirit to be transformed through it. Amen. Well, this week, it was my turn to give the Lenten luncheon talk over at uh, St. Michael's. And we're going to kind of camp out through this journey of the final week through Mark's gospel. And just to kind of warm up the uh Mark and blood vessels or whatever in my brain, I decided, okay, for Friday I'm going to do a passage out of Mark. And I was reminded as I was getting it ready how cut to the chase of a writer Mark is. He's a guy, no fluff, no banter, just the facts, ma'am, kind of writer. He's a guy who does not waste words. So as I read this passage, it's going to start off this season, start off this journey. Check out how Mark decides he's going to use that precious commodity known as words. It comes out of the first 11 verses of Mark 11. When they, Jesus and his disciples, were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here immediately. 
they, the disciples, went away and found the colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? And they told him what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and Jesus sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who were following were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David! Hosanna in the highest heaven! Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, for somebody who doesn't waste words, seven out of those 11 verses that I just read are about a donkey. Interesting approach to efficient writing. Now, consider a donkey for a second. I mean, at first impression, it's not really the brightest of animals, you would think. I hear they actually are kind of smart, but... You know, when God designed the brains of Einstein and Steve Jobs and Richard Morano, he needed, he's like, you know what, this is kind of off kilter here. I need something to sort of balance out the scale of the intelligence spectrum here. So let me create the donkey. And things all level out. It's not your, mo- your first choice usually of the most lively of animals either. I mean, when I think of a donkey or colt or a mule, I, I'll be honest, I can't get Eeyore out of my head. I mean, Eeyore. And God inspires Mark to write seven verses about this animal? Why? See, it wasn't a usual way for a pilgrim to go into the city of Jerusalem. And, and they're getting ready for the Passover feast, the Passover festival, the biggest one of the year. And so they got a lot of people coming from all over the place, gathering together. And Jesus takes like extra pains, extra steps, to make sure he's going to come into Jerusalem on a donkey. Sending out his disciples to scope one out, snag one from some unknown person, we don't even know who it was. In hindsight, if people would look back on it, they'd remember how, oh, something was written about 500 years earlier when the prophet Zechariah was doing his writing. He said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt. There's the actual word Mark uses, the foal of a donkey. And one theologian, R.C. Sproul, has, brings up kind of this point that a lot of the Jewish leaders, if they really thought about this, probably would have taken a bit of offense. And this whole notion of Jesus coming into the town on a donkey. He said the Messiah would arrive in one of two ways, depending on how faithful Israel was at the time that the king was coming. If Israel had been faithful, had been a God-fearing people, the Messiah would come mighty on the clouds, like most people would probably expect the Messiah of King of Kings of the universe to come into town, riding on the clouds, mighty as could be. If Israel was unworthy of the Messiah, the Messiah would come in, lumping along on a donkey. And Israel's loyalty to the Messiah, to Jesus and his cause, was flippant at best. 
on this day, as Jesus is riding in, they're shouting, Hosanna, save us. You know, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And a few days later, these people are shouting praises and waving palm branches and laying out you know, their cloaks on the road, which you only really do for royalty. They're hanging them on a cross like a common criminal, shouting, crucify him, crucify him. So the rabbinic view, the view of the rabbis, wouldn't be too far off. So about that whole never-ridden part, when Moses writes numbers, he says that animals that are set apart, they're going to be used for sacred purposes, the Messiah riding in being a pretty sacred purpose. They were designed never to be, to be set apart and not to have yokes put on them or to be worked like common animals. As he says in Numbers 19, he says, The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, This is the statute of the law that the Lord has commanded. Tell the Israelites to bring you a red heifer without defect, which has no blemish and on which no yoke has been laid. Give me one that hasn't been put to common work. Set it apart for its sacred purposes. Objection! Relevance! Did I get that kind of right? Okay. I had to watch a lot of law in order to try and get that line down, Pat. Great! Somebody wrote about a donkey scenario hundreds of years before the first Palm Sunday. What does that have to do with my life? What does it have to do with the question of having purpose in my life? What's the point? My friends, that is the point. Listen again to the objection that I posted. The writers set up the donkey scenario hundreds of years before the first Palm Sunday even happened. This isn't Dan Rather filling in the gaps as the story is happening. Maybe looking in hindsight saying, oh, right, you know what, there was this donkey, and let's fit the donkey into the story somehow and, and make it all fit and be a nice little package for the, Sunday, for the evening news. No, this is set up 500 years earlier. And Jesus is taking pains to make sure it works out this way. Sending his disciples off to borrow a donkey from somebody so he can ride in on it into Jerusalem. So God had a purpose for that donkey 500 years before it would ever hee-haw in some stable in the Middle East. God wrote the script so that this not-so-bright creature, by first impression, would mosey on into Jerusalem one week before God saves humanity with its rider. And if God can have a purpose for that donkey, for that four-legged hee-haw, he has a purpose for you. God can take your quirks and your idiosyncrasies and maybe even your weaknesses and do stuff of eternal significance with them. Maybe even because of them. Think about the writer Paul. The Apostle Paul, probably the most prolific writer in the Bible. I mean, he wrote the what seems like the bulk of the New Testament. In Philippians 3, he lays out, he had a lot to boast about. He had a lot of Jew of Jews and the zealot of zealots, you know, top of his class. He was definitely no Eeyore. We'll put it that way. But he also says in 2 Corinthians 12 how God gave him a weakness. So that in the end, of all the things that he could brag about, he says that's all... Rubbish, that's all garbage. Let me be the one who only preaches about Christ and Him crucified. He tells the Galatians. Now, could Paul have done some pretty great things without the thorn in the flesh? Maybe. But God gave him that quirk, that weakness, 
so he could do even greater things. Because through that weakness, he ends up counting on God all the more, hanging on to God all the more. And he does things far bigger than he probably could have done all on his own. The truth is, purpose doesn't need a parade. Purpose doesn't require spotlight strengths. It doesn't require headliner abilities. It just requires being available and being obedient. And the donkey got this right. Even if we're not sure how all those pieces are meant to fit together, and we just kind of go, all right, here I am, I'm willing to do it, don't get it, but here's what I got, God. Best example I can give is our own Sally, Sally Borland. Now, I never knew of Sally being able to leap over tall buildings with a single bound. I never knew of her being able to single-handedly catch a mob of bad guys. Honestly, in the six or seven years that I knew her, I don't even think I saw Sally run. Although she did keep Dave in line for over 40 years, so there is some superhero-ness going on there. But anybody who would ever meet her, maybe even those who didn't, know she had a purpose, and she was faithful to it and obedient to it. And maybe God even gave her some of those quirks of not being able to jump over a tall building in a single bound. So she would be sitting at that computer writing furiously as God would probably give her words faster than she could say them, let alone type them. She was faithful. Probably even more so than people who could run, jump, and single-handedly capture a bunch of bad guys. But she never would have guessed how much influence her words would have had, her obedience would have had on people. I bet the donkey never realized in just moseying into town that it would have gotten seven verses in God's bestseller, carrying the king of kings on his way to save humanity. God has a purpose for you. And it doesn't require a parade to be significant. Maybe your purpose is to be an encourager. And if you're awake and you heard that, you get free brownies after worship. Maybe it's to be with one who who prays with somebody on the spot when they're in need. You say, hey, let's pray, and you go for it. Maybe you get a call from Marie, like, hey, you know, we need a greeter for Sunday. You willing? We could really use you. I'll tell you one thing. It's just an example of, you know, ministry opportunities here. Being a greeter is not one that you get a spotlight put on you. But the people who greet, they are frontline missionaries. For God's kingdom. Because it may be, you may be the first impression a person has of church. And I don't mean Woodlane Church, I mean Church Church. Capital C, headed by Jesus Christ. You may be the first impression a person gets of God if they've never walked into a building as foreign as this before. That's serious purpose. And like I said, there's no spotlight on that. But that doesn't diminish how impactful that can be. So how can God use you in some small way this week to further his kingdom? Again, purpose doesn't need a parade. Purpose doesn't even require perfection. It just needs availability and obedience. And we can all do that. As I said, the donkey got it right. And God used it for a huge, huge purpose. And he can do the same for each and every one of you. 
Thanks again for listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org. Or if you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning. On next week's episode, we can miss out when we compartmentalize our faith life, only giving God access to the areas we choose. What would change in our lives and our world if we took a chance and gave God our all? Find out next week on the Woodlane Worship Podcast. Podcast.